In the Outback, you need an exit strategy for whenever you get into trouble, especially if you're a lizard of modest stature. The golden-tailed gecko is a striking subject to look at, but its golden tail is more than an interesting feature. When they get into a sticky situation, they've learned to fight it by creating their own stickiness. But fighting fire with fire is one way to beat the heat in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a lizard that is great at getting out of sticky situations. But more on that later. Next time you should just end it at lizard. Or just whatever. It's like, this time we're talking about a bear. Uh, yeah, and then just yeah. <laughs> Sure, I guess. More on that immediately. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about a, a lizard. Yeah, we're talking about the golden-tailed gecko, also known as the golden spiny-tailed gecko, also known as the strophorous gecko. But usually golden-tailed gecko is the way to go. It's not as much as a mouthful, and um, it's easier to say, and it's descriptive. All yeah. three, three things you want in a name. Mm -hmm. You know what else you want in a name? A, a nick. <laughs> a nickname. <laughs> oh, I got a nick in my name. Yep, yep. Uh, so we're gonna call it here GTG, Golden Tailed Gecko, or Gotta Go Gecko, um, and the Spotty Potty Hottie. Cause this is a this is a this is a cute, cute guy, and he's spotted, and he's got a potty mouth. Does he? No, not not his mouth. That part was the part that Pot was throwing me the most. A potty butt. A potty butt. Oh well, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah right a party <laughs> uh but yes it's the golden tailed gecko time to taxonomize this bad boy and a bad boy he is because he's in the kingdom you know love and are in and that kingdom is animalia and that makes him bad Phylum yeah that makes him uh objectively morally mm -hmm. bad uh the phylum is chordata even worse uh, the class is Reptilia, like the strokes. The order is Squamata. The family is, oh, here we go, Diplodactylidae. Wait, no, I did that wrong. Nope, I did it right. Dip, Diplodactylidae. Uh, the genus is Strophorus. And the species is Tenacauda. Tenacauda? Probably tenacata, like cause. Tenacata. So Strophorus tenacata is the binomial nomenclature, which is good that we know that because it's time for uh, my favorite part of the show. Well, I guess my second favorite part of the show, which is nitty gritty nomenclature. Because we already know oh. what lizards are. Um, and we and geckos are lizards. Um, and but even so geckos in particular don't really get together in groups so there is no collective noun for them at least as far as i know or that someone on twitter or reddit hasn't just made up um 
So we're going to go with the nitty-gritty nomenclature. What does Joe Strophorus Tenacauda mean in uh, its Latin? So I, I imagine that will help. Um, does it mean A, turning a striped tail? B, golden backside? C, a gleam in the eyes? Or D, sly lizard? I'm going to go with a gleam in the eyes. Final answer. It's incorrect. Uh, I was just too poetic with that one. Uh, the answer is turning a striped tail. That also works. Yeah, both of them work. Yeah, I just... I, I, I started to go with, like, really simple ones, but then I realized that the actual answer was kind of a complicated sentence or phrase. <laughs> So like I need I need another phrase in there to to throw you off and it worked. It did, oh yeah, and and it does have a I'm gleam the in sly it. Lizard. Say. Got very weird looking, interesting eyes. Yes, it does. Speaking of the way that it looks and the way that it sees, we'll talk about that later. Um, it is a really odd and actually pretty cool looking gecko. Uh, its scales are silver. It's got a silver body, um, but it is covered head to toe. Well, not quite head to toe, but it is covered in black spots um, that are pretty close together, kind of like a like a giraffe or a snow leopard. Yeah, I, I almost said I, I put here cow, but like cows have really big spots that are far. Dalmatian. Apart. It's not really like that. Dalmatian's pretty good, although the spots aren't very big, so it's like there's more white to black i feel on the average dalmatian it is really interesting looking and i can't wait to see brian's art which the v- listeners are already seen but oh wait did we we didn't do the thing oh did we not that's my fault we didn't thank we didn't thank our our uh our artists all right let's get it clean ready <laughs> let's clean this yes let's write this wrong thank you to cassie for the creation of our theme song to hear more of cassie's music Please search Cassie Michelle on Spotify or YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We are LD Taxonomy. Or visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. That's that's there. it. There. Vindicated. Justified. We fixed it. I feel good. We fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't forget about you. I mean, we did for a second, but we didn't forget about you. Yeah. I, usually, I like lately, I've been flashing the art whenever we talk about Brian and the art and I was just thinking, well, they've already seen it, but wait a minute. They haven't. We have a visual element for Patreon subscribers, ldtaxonomy.com slash Patreon. Yeah. Anyway, shameless plug. What were we talking about? Oh, what it looks like. Um, yes. So it's silver scales with covered in black spots that are close together. Um, which looks really, really cool. Uh, but on top of that, it has some pretty stark contrast because its eyes are like a burnished red bronze gold. Um, very like stark. It almost looks like a, a bronze sculpture of a gecko that someone covered in like in like uh, rhinestones. It does look bedazzled. Uh, and yeah. just left the eyes. And just left the eyes and tail um, as the original bronze underneath. So, yeah, it's got these really cool eyes. Um, its name comes from a golden stripe 
that comes from the middle that extends from the middle of its back all the way to the tip of its tail uh with the stripe getting wider as it gets and encompassing more of the tail as it gets down to the end um, and there are spines that go across the ridge of its back and tail which is why it's also called the golden spiny tailed gecko just put some adjectives in this in this boy um and i mean other than that it looks like a pretty standard gecko i've seen some pictures that make it look like it has a blue mouth um but i've also seen some pictures where it looks like it has a pink mouth so i uh, i don't i uh, photoshop has made my uh my trust in pictures on the internet uh tentative at best especially the color of things yeah, I was I was really I I bought the Malabar giant squirrel hook line sinker. That I was like, oh, bright purple squirrel. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like a like a maroon that could be seen as purple in certain light. I guess it's still a cool looking animal. Check out our episode on the Malabar giant squirrel. Yeah, it's more like a dark maroonish brown, but still an interesting color. Yeah, but there are pictures on there that make it look like it's a Pokemon <laughs> that it's spray painted, uh, which is not not the case. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it looks like. It's just a just your regular gecko, but it's bedazzled. <laughs> so uh, now onto some fast facts, right? No, uh, we 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 don't have no idea the what size this thing is. And even if we did, would it even be relatable? I sh- sure. I guess. Uh, I guess that means we have to do the beloved measure up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure of intro this week, but that means we get to hear from an animal. And Carlos has to guess what it is. Fun, fun, fun. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay, is that A, a deer, B, an American black duck, C, a turkey, or D, a cod? (laughs) Oh man, if the answer is cod, I am going to be very surprised. Um, It just sounds like a very angry small dog. It does, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with turkey because it's turkey season. We're recording this. It, this this episode is going to come out after Thanksgiving, but we're recording this two days before Thanksgiving. So, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, everyone. But I'm going to go with turkey because it's the reason for the season. <laughs> Not Thanksgiving. Turkey. Not pilgrims. Uh, Not cornucopias. It's the turkey. Final answer. It's the tryptophan. Yes. That's correct. That's turkey. Yeah. Uh, all of those options were things that were possibly eaten at 
the first Thanksgiving. Tur- ah, turkey is actually the like most dubious. Caught his way out there. Uh, turkey, turkey, like existed obviously in that area at that time, but they, I guess, they weren't a popular food source back then. So it was like other wild fowl. So that's why I, I included the American black duck. And they also definitely ate deer and cod fish. Got it. You didn't put um, corn on the cob? Yeah, I was a little worried that that would not even for a second make you think about it. Uh, I mean, I just always like to have something I can immediately cross off the list. Maybe there's a, like if you... I had cod, though. If you heat up corn, like maybe there was a... Like it can make a squeaky sound, like if you heat it in the microwave or something, uh, that I could have found a video of and said, what is this? Is it corn? And you would have been like, of course it's not corn. Corn doesn't make sound. That would have been very rude and evil of you. But it's the spirit of... If the answer was corn. It's time for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not time for rudeness. So let's get right into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk length from snout to vent. Not including the signature golden tail. They're 70 millimeters. 70 millimeters. Millimeters. How many golden tail geckos go into the distance between the sun and the closest part of the Oort cloud? Why? <laughs> I uh, we we I teased the Oort cloud as a possibility previously, but the Oort cloud just sounds cool. It sounds like sci-fi, but it's named after something not sci-fi: a human person. So. Here's a hint. Oh my goodness. The orc Oh. Like I I just recently like had known what how far Pluto was from mm-hmm. us. So I could have used that. Uh but unfortunately I don't remember what it was. So and it, it's uh, one of those numbers that's so big that if you don't remember what the ballpark was, you don't remember it at all. Yeah. Uh, here's a hint. The Oort cloud is a theoretical region of icy planetesimals, which are things that are a little too small to be planets. Actually, quite a lot small. Sometimes they're like a couple miles across, something like that. Uh, and they orbit the sun, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Oort cloud is proposed to be the origin of many of the icy comets that we see passing through our solar system. The far side of the Oort cloud is more than three light years away. The far side. It's a, it's a sphere that goes around the solar system, right? The inner part is a disk, but the outer part is a sphere. What? There are The inner part is just a disk, kind of like the rings of Saturn around the solar system. But the outer part is, yes, a sphere. It get, it like brought... It's, there's more. There's quite a it gains bit into more. Dimension. Yeah. It goes from a two-dimensional disc to a three-dimensional sphere. Yeah. Sure. You know, you you probably have seen. Think- you could see a cross section of this. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like the inside of it is a square. Yeah. So like, but the outside of it is a. If cone. you saw, a, and you're like, if you saw a cross section of it, it would look like a sphere. With these 
Like an everlasting gobstopper? It's almost like the center bits are getting pulled in, or like the the equatorial part is getting pulled in towards the sun. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to say 10 trillion miles. That's that's a, That makes sense. I think Pluto's in the trillions of miles away. So, um, we'll just, uh, put some, put some gravy on that, on those mashed potatoes and call it 10 trillion, 10 trillion miles. Uh, how many times does, how many inches? <laughs> 70, 70 millimeters. How many inches is that? I should have just guessed the actual number. I might as well, because I'm guessing... 2.7 inches. Great. So that means there's about four of them that go into a foot. Which means there's... About 20,000 of them that go into a mile. And then you have 20,000 times uh, 10 trillion. Which is some obscene number... That's higher than trillion. <laughs> um, no, let's see. Trillion. Quadrillion. Quintillion. Uh, sextillion. Septillion. Octillion. Um, we're going to go with 20 octillion geckos. <laughs> go uh, from here to the Oort cloud. Or from the sun. From the sun to the Oort cloud. I got to add an extra mil <laughs> 90 million miles. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> what? Um, I'm still going to go with 10 octillion because there's no way. I, I mean, how many miles? Really matter. How, what, what is a an million? astronomical unit? How many miles? Like 96 oh, million. I okay. do know that. Or 93 million. It does, But 93 million miles is a drop in the bucket compared to 10 octillion. So it's not really going to change my answer. Oh, wait, no, that, but that's 10 octillion geckos, not miles. I went with 10 trillion miles, and 93 million miles is still a drop in the bucket compared to 10 trillion, but no, I'm still going with it. 10 octillion geckos stretched end-to-end -end and suffocating would go from the sun to the Oort cloud. Yep. Ready? Are you, final answer, I mean? Yeah. I'm done thinking about this. <laughs> this may be the record for the wrongest you've been. Oh, darn it. The correct answer is 3.8 quadrillion. Wow. Or cloud is like right next the door. The cloud is 2,000. If you left from the sun, it would take 2,000 AU, astronomical units, to reach... Uh, the inner part of the Oort cloud. That's 0 0.03 light years. Okay. How many millions of miles is that? From the inner part to the outer part of the Oort cloud is crazy. Because the outer part is like 3.2 light years away. It's a big Oort cloud. Oh, boy. And it just gives you like I was, um... a sense of the scale of the solar system. Which is just... Even the solar system is huge. Yeah, but not that huge. Not as huge as I was thinking. I was off by um, by four exponents. What did you? What What was your guess? 
10 octillion. No, uh, how uh, your guess for the distance between the sun. Oh, 10 trillion miles. Yes. 10 trillion miles. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because it's what, like 200,000 astronomical units to get to the outside of the Oort cloud. So you guess you guess See, it was you're doing half things the, by Aust- you're doing things by astronomical units and light years, and I'm doing things by trillions of miles. Yeah, that's that. There's your problem. You have to like you have to get comfortable with the AU when we're talking about the solar system. The Australian yes. Union. Let's talk. Wait, this one will be decidedly less intense. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> there's seven grams. The gecko. Or zero point two ounces, since you are, since the imperial system is your crutch. Since I'm an American and I think American things, I don't. I usually think American in terms of um, like imperial system, but I don't have a concept of the ounce any more than I have the concept of the gram. Except for that, I know. I guess uh, I do know. Again, when I count Volume. my. Um, my stacks of gold bullion coins, I just, I can feel an ounce. But you can't feel a gram. Well, I know that... Um, when I dive into my uh, giant t- tanks of uh, of just coins, Scrooge McDuck style, each one is an ounce. Very familiar because of how many gold coins I have. But I know how many milligrams a snowflake is. And are, there's two it's two milligrams for a snowflake, so five hundred of those equals a gram, right? Is a gram is a thousand kilo milligrams? Can you imagine what five hundred snowflakes exactly on your hand feels like? Feels like probably a snowball. A gram? <laughs> no, a snowball. 500 snowflakes? Yeah. A snowball is probably made up of millions of snowflakes. No. Like a snowball, like a full-on, like, baseball-sized snowball? That's not 500, 500 snowflakes, snowflakes is a gram. One gram. Yeah, a gram's not that much. A snowball weighs, like, Oh, Oh, I see what you're bit. saying. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's more a of, like, someone. a like the, a palm. Snow pinch. Maybe, like, a... It's a... Ah, it's a snow it's pinch. It's just a pinch. A gram? <laughs> yeah. It's like a, Next a little baggie. Next time you baggie. get cocaine, ask them yeah, for a gram. It's a little baggie of snow. Be a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a dime bag of snow. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the. Let's keep talking about the weight. How many geckos go into sure. the weight of the largest ever turkey? Oh, uh, good. This one is. Uh, Thanksgiving related, unlike the last one. Unless I'm very thankful that the Oort cloud doesn't send more comets our way. <laughs> Largest ever turkey. Here's a hint. The turkey's name was Tyson. Of course. And he won the largest turkey competition in 1989 in London. And and then went on to found Tyson Food Inc. And he also fought in the ring for a few years. So at a charity auction that year, he sold for $6,692. Or the equivalent of. I'm sure it was some silly uh, London currency. What? The pound? The pound is strong. (laughs) 
plus pound sterling. That's a great. That's just a great name for a currency or a person, really. A D and D character. <laughs> hi, hi. My name is Pound Sterling. <laughs> a barbarian. Or it's with something a noble you do to someone named Sterling. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bunch of bullies are going to go out and pound Sterling <laughs> for being a nerd. Um, all right, this turkey was 250 pounds. That's a big That's... turkey. Oh, my god. That's a, a turkey the size of a man. I have to say these things out loud before I realize how wrong I am. Um, but, I mean, like, you have the head and the feet. Those guys, and those guys have to weigh something, right? Feathers. This is an op- like right? an ostrich or an emu. And guts, gizzards. Well, at least you don't have to worry um, about breaking your record with this one. 80 pounds. Do, do I have do I have a broken No, yeah, I can't. I can I'm going to guess 10 octillion. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to guess 80 pounds, I guess. That seems like really really big. Um, but manageable, I guess. Um, 80 pounds. Uh, 5,000. 5,000 5, geckos? 5,000 geckos go into the weight of the largest turkey. Final answer. Mm-hmm. The correct answer is 5,572. That's close enough for a win for me. Yeah, it, uh, Tyson weighed 86 so. pounds. Oh, yeah, got it. I mean, I not exactly, but sure. Close enough. Much, much, uh, cl- close enough to... Uh, it's clo- It's the mini golf thing where you get close enough to the hole where it just kind of goes in. That's not a thing. Um, but yeah, nice. It's a big turkey. Are you ready for some fast facts? I'm ready for some fast facts. We might as well get it. <laughs> Midas gold. It's gold. Um, the speaking of Australia, we have spoken about Australia quite a bit in this episode, um, but unrelated to the fact that it lives in Australia, it lives in Queensland, which is east, e- the eastern part of Australia, uh, and it like and if you live in the eastern part of Australia, you live in shrublands and forests, um, if you're an animal. So yes. It lives, it lives in shrublands and forests. It eats mainly insects. It's insectivorous. Um, and they live for about four to eight years in the wild. But we already talked about how cool their eyes are. It goes further than how uh, cool they look. They are also much better than ours. They Their vision is 350 times better than that of humans. And comes complete with night vision and uh they can see arguably see uv radiation coming off the the light of the reflected off the moon at night wow which is impressive but i'm a lot of reptiles can do that i think we mentioned that for oh no the um dung beetle I can see UV light, but <laughs> and it bare and it's just looking straight at the ground most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> and just trying to trying to 
get its stuff together. <laughs> uh, yep. I and actually that's that's all I got. I'm, I'll leave the rest of the f- major fact to you. Okey I mean, dokey. not the rest of it. I didn't take any of it on purpose. Let's talk about the majorest of facts. The Golden Tail. The titular Golden Tail. The Golden Tailed Gecko has a secret stashed away in its wonderful Golden Tail. It, When it's threatened, it rears its tail up and sprays a sticky, foul-smelling substance that would-be attackers find unpleasant. Um... I did not plan for us to talk about a sticky spray or a a foul spray two weeks in a row, but we went from insects to a lizard, which is not known for spraying things, especially not for from its behind. However, so we got to do this skunk next week, and yeah, just got to keep up spray month. (laughs) Oh, I Uh, like it. It's so it's pretty unique because. When it comes to sprays and defensive liquids, reptiles, if they do it at all, typically shoot them from their mouths, or in the case of the horny toad, their eyeballs. Mm -hmm. But lizards don't usually... uh, Lizard tails don't normally have any way to store or spray anything. They're just tails. Um, Delicious little morsels for birds. Yeah. But not in this case. The sticky liquid isn't dangerous or toxic. Uh, even to the the gecko's predators, but it does smell and taste foul. And people have tasted it and smelled it and said, yeah, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) How does it taste, Jenkins? Nope, not good, just like you said. One star, if I could give zero, I would. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yelp won't let me give zero stars. Uh, Similar to the horny toad's blood... The foul substance sticks to the predators and irritates them while the gecko gets away. Uh, although the toad, the lizard blood isn't as sticky as this. Um, this sticky substance mm. is stored in a series of chambers along the top of the lizard's tail. The liquid can be expelled through what one paper called a mid-dorsal rupture zone in the epidermis. That is my favorite band. <laughs> rupture zone or mid dorsal? No, mi- mid dorsal rupture zone. It's right, like it. One, a couple of members from Red Jumpsuit Apparatus broke off and founded mid dorsal rupture zone. <laughs> that sounds rupture more zone. metal, though. Rupture sounds like a metal name. That's why they left Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. It was too too much sap rock and they wanted to they wanted to play guitar solos and yeah so, right they joined rupture zone although if it was a yeah it would be rupture zone or just rupture if it was a metal band it wouldn't be mid mid dorsal rupture zone or that that could be like a, a prog rock uh song title yes it it's way more indie to have long stuff wasting yeah. our times unless you're fallout boy yeah. So many species in the uh, Diplodactylidae family have this feature. Um, they can also drop their tails like other lis- lizards, leaving behind a bad tasting snack for an unlucky hunter. Um, but I was reading in this paper 
the regenerated stink glands are different from the originals and may not have rupture zones at all. So if they drop their tails, they may not be able to spray again. Or at least not in the new section. They can't spray. I'll never spray again. But I, I'm a little unsure. Because the the it's very difficult. Science, scientists are bad writers. Um, it says regenerated huh. tails of gland-bearing species contain a regenerated caudal, which means tail, gland, which is structurally different from the original. Here, all evidence of segmentation is lost, and there is no series of epidermal rupture zones. But they don't go on to say, they don't go on to summarize and wrap it all up in a nice bow. Right. And say, this this renders it incapable of spraying. When it says all um, evidence of segmentation is lost, I imagine that means like you can't see the seam of where it left. It dropped its tail. But then the second part of that sentence is unrelated. There is no series of epidermal rupture zones. It sounds like you need the rupture zones to play at your wedding. Yeah. Uh, A pair of elongated secretion masses is found within paired elongated caudal chambers. Hmm. Worthless words to my ears. Um, (laughs) Sure, sure, yes, yes. I know some of those words. Uh, You can, you could uh, take take a crack at reading this yourself by clicking the link on ldtaxonomy.com. But yeah, that's what I got. When they when they get um, into trouble, first they will uh, squirt some nasty smelling sticky liquid onto a predator like a cat and then it will uh be covered in this bad smelling thing and while it's ranting and raving like uh the guys on uh home alone when they get into some trouble uh the lizard gets away merry christmas you filthy animal That's what he says, because he's covered he in said. filth. That's, yeah, that is his. And he's an animal, phrase. for sure. <laughs> what is that movie called? Like something in Angels? Good question. It's a made up, made up movie. Um, Angels in the Outfield. But yeah, it's interesting. And then it can't do it presumably anymore once uh, tails gone. So it's kind of got like this one safety net. Angels with Filthy Souls is the fake movie that's in uh, yep, Home Alone. There you go. That Which makes sense. That's a good trivia question. How many Home Alone movies are there? There's a new one. Yeah. Which I can't imagine in a million years is any... It was worth watching. I'm, I saw the third one and it's not good. But there are... Two other ones. There's there's f- six now, I guess. What? There's one. I know four. There's Home Alone. Home Alone 2. Lost in Manhattan or whatever it is. Uh, Home Alone 3. With the new kid. With the new kid. Home Alone 4. I think that was 2002. 
Taking Back the House, I think Another New Kid, and then Home Alone, The Holiday Heist, 2012. Wow, I didn't know about those two, the middle children. <clears throat> Literally. Uh, <laughs> so what's their Rotten Tomatoes score? <laughs> oh. And, and how many times does Donald Trump appear? Because that those two things are are, uh, uh, causatory. That's not the word. A ninety four percent instant classic. No, Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb is Pixar. Did Pixar make this one? Two point six out of ten on IMDb. I yeah. Uh, I think I'm just gonna stick to the first two. Yeah, no problem. No problem with that. Same with Spider-Man. All right. <laughs> the gecko. Yeah. Home Alone, Spider-Man. Are you is that, is that it? That's all I got. All right. So, that was the Golden Tail Gecko. Don't pick it up. It's probably going to be a nasty experience for you. Um and apparently they make bad pets. Hmm. So for you out there in podcasts, keep your eyes sharp. Become the golden child and save the smelly stuff for your enemies. Like the golden-tailed gecko here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Save the smelly stuff for your enemies. Like in Home Alone, in certain situations.